All right, welcome back to another episode of Paranatural Unveiling. I'm your host, Jury. I'm the co-host, Katie. Today we're going to talk about our investigation at the Spurlington Tunnel. Now, a little backstory about Spurlington Tunnel. It is a train tunnel that was dug through the hillsides of Kentucky. Now, supposedly Jesse James and the James Younger gang hid some loot back there near the Spurlington Tunnel and killed the local witch name of Nancy Bass and buried her with the loot. And the lore is that if you disturb her resting place, that you will have a curse cast upon you. Now, going into the investigation, Now, finding the place wasn't too hard. There's no signs or nothing popping up that are just saying, hey, here's Spurgeon Tunnel. But we did run into some very nice folks, asked them about it, and they said, oh, well, you're already there. Just, just park right here. Now, they don't really mind that you go back there. You have to park in their driveway. They just want you to kind of let them know you're there and why you're there. But other than that, they were very nice, very friendly people, very accommodating. <clears throat> now, when you first start your long 30 to 45 minute hike on the way back to Spurlington Tunnel, just randomly out in the middle of nowhere, there's this plaque of the Ten Commandments. No idea why it's there, what's going on. They just have a random plaque of the Ten Commandments. But you start your trudge through ankle-deep mud at its shallowest point. It's about ankle-deep because we decided we wanted to go on the day that it had been raining for like three days straight with overcast and more rain to come. It's like Kentucky rain for you. Yeah. and. Now, I was smart and treated my boots, so my feet didn't get wet. Now, you and Allie were wearing boots, but they were untreated leather, and y'all's feet got soaked. Yep. And then Courtney and Aaron, they had the bright idea that, hey, we don't have boots. We're just going to wear tennis shoes. I mean, they didn't have anything else, but they were wearing tennis shoes. Courtney wearing bright white clean tennis shoes and ankle deep mud for 30 minutes hiking back to this tunnel wasn't a good idea no they were awful pretty yeah afterwards now we're hiking back and then you end up getting to this old iron gate and, and you got to go over it through it around it katie doesn't advise going around it though no, do not go around it. It It is not designed for those in mind that have hip problems, back problems, or knee problems. It doesn't care if you look, oh, 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 I'm small enough to fit through it. Thought that too. And I had plenty of room to fit through it. My knees thought otherwise. So you've been warned. Find another route. So after we 
navigated our way around the gate. I was ahead of most everyone else. And I was filming with my selfie stick and talking trash like I do. And then Aaron trotted on out past me. He got ahead of me. Allie was taking pictures, and then you and Courtney were bringing up the rear. And then I get it. I didn't catch it on my camera, but Courtney decided she wanted to fall. Allie got a She wanted to test gravity out. Yeah. Yeah, she done a gravity check. Allie caught a picture of it, a still picture, as it happened. But she fell off camera. Now, we got Courtney here, and she wants to tell us a little bit about her experience at Sprunton Tunnel. It's Courtney with IPS. Hey guys, how are you all doing? So I'm going to talk about my experiences with experience with the Sperlington Tunnel. And well, the first thing I did was fall. So yeah, that was fun, but I really wasn't educated or like prepared to as to what I was going into, honestly, except for just the debriefing of them telling me about it because I had never heard of the place. So, but yeah, <laughs> went in and I stepped was going in we were at close to the entrance as you all if you have seen the video uh you see that we're getting we're close to the entrance and i'm on this like side and i step on a flat like a flat rock that is kind of into the ground onto the side and i slip and completely just fall right on my butt so yeah that was not fun that hurt actually <laughs> um yeah, so that happened, but overall, I kind of had an eerie feeling and stuff, and an easy feeling, but it wasn't enough to make me be like, get out, you know, so I was just more, curiosity definitely took over instead of the fear. I was like a lot more scared at Gates of Hell or Casey Cemetery in E-Town. I was a lot more uneasy, intense, and basically completely afraid at that one because yeah you have to watch the videos and listen to the podcast about that one to know experience on that one because that was rough but this one I wasn't as bad it's so I got through it pretty easily like my husband he was ready to get out of there he couldn't he could not deal all right thank you Courtney so after Courtney's blunder and her little fall we decided to I mean, we wasn't going to stop. We kept going. We finally made it to the mouth of the tunnel. And what would you say? The tunnel's probably, what, 20, about 20 feet wide, maybe 30 feet tall? Yeah, every bit of it. Yeah, it was pretty big. And I think if I remember correctly, whenever I was doing my research, it said it took a crew of, I want to say 75 men, 24 hours just to cut six feet into the rock. It was a big hole. Right. And to be man-made, I mean, it's really neat. Really neat. Now, after a bunch of cussing and yelling and Aaron getting in trouble and having to go and help Courtney, we made it to the mouth of the tunnel and we decided we were going to take a walk through the entire tunnel to get a lay of the land. And it's about roughly nine football fields in length. 
and close to the halfway point, there's this air vent that they cut out for the, the trains. And it's about, I think it was 100 feet that they had to dig straight up before they reached the surface. So, I mean, we were pretty deep underground for a train tunnel. Yeah, you really realize how deep it is when you're looking at the vent. Yeah, we got some pretty good pictures of it, too. Looking up, you got to see the sky, the overcast, a couple tree branches, and then where it was wet rain and raining. Some of the rain was, you know, coming through and then the water runoff from up up top on the surface was trickling down into a bunch of little waterfalls. But we made it past that. We kept on going and then we noticed that the ceiling in some parts of the tunnel had broken off and was laying in piles. So we definitely we stayed vigilant. We was looking up keep an eye on the ceiling, seeing if anything was kind of loose. We didn't want anything to fall on us. Safety is our big priority. And, you know, just a FYI, if anybody's considering going out and having a look at the Sperlington Tunnel, just proceed with caution. Stay, stay safe. Nobody needs to get injured. Once we made it to the back of the tunnel, we, couldn't, we could not go out the other side of it because it was just completely flooded. Yeah, it's a little sad that we anticipated to be able to walk all the way from start to end and you couldn't because there was so much water and it was a little chilly bad, bad enough that we got our feet wet so yeah, definitely I, have to go back and i was i mean i'm standing back there and i tried to go a little bit i wanted to see how deep it was going to get and it quickly got too deep but Allie was back there with me and the next thing I know, she's standing in about six, eight inches of water, and then she's taking her boots off. She was literally getting ready <laughs> to just... She was getting ready. Yeah, she was literally taking her boots off, and then she was getting ready to just take off walking through the flood barefoot. Which, we stopped her. We didn't let her do that, because, I mean, the entire time, the entire tunnel had water in it. Water was flowing through it, but it was on, you know, an inch deep or less. But there was logs that had washed through it. There was bottles, there was cans, there was broken glass. I think uh, we found a flip-flop. Don't recommend you wearing... Just one, singular. Yeah. Yeah, because I made a little comment about it because it was uh, it was zebra-striped. Zebra and I told you, you should have brought your... Uh, zebra-striped cowboy hat, and you'd have had a matching flip-flop. I would have had the flip without the flop. Apparently, they uh, learned their lesson that day. They no longer wore flip-flops out when they were going to go hiking, trailing through woods and tunnels. Because, well, they left a souvenir behind. After we got done walking all the way to the end of it, we started walking back. We decided we were going to uh, go back towards the, uh, the vent. About halfway through the tunnel, we were going to start our investigation. And on the way back, we noticed we was too busy looking at the ceiling on the way in. And on the way back, we noticed that there was uh, cracks in the sides on the, on the walls in the tunnel. 
and water was actually coming through the cracks. So it's definitely yeah. some place that you you need to pay attention to your surroundings at all times because we don't want anybody getting injured. Yeah, and I wouldn't suggest going alone just in case something was to happen. It's a nice size tunnel. Yeah, and you're underground. You're a hundred feet or so underground. You have no cell phone reception. Right. Yeah. Mm. It kind of sucked that we couldn't at least go live because, you know, the service was too bad. We did go live towards the end where the entrance was at because it allowed us, but kind of sucks that we couldn't go live for the whole thing. All right. And before we get into the investigation part, I want to take a quick break and let y'all know about something we have going on. Hey, searchers, if you are enjoying the podcast, we now have a listener support program where you can help us find and create more content for the show. It's completely voluntary. All donations will be used to grow the show. We thank you for listening. And as always, keep searching. So now, if you're wondering what the listener support is, it's just something that you can help. It's a monthly subscription. It's completely voluntary. They have three options. They got 99 cents, 4.99, and 9.99. If that's something that you would uh, be willing to do, it'd be greatly appreciated. But like again, or like I said again, it is completely voluntary. But now, going into the investigation, we pulled out the audio recorder, and the audio recorder was already recording which is not the first time some of my equipment had started on its own. Back when we were at uh, St. Avo Cemetery, you stepped away. You had to go uh, get something out of the truck. And me and Courtney decided, hey, while she's gone everything else, everything's chill, we're going to take a break. And so we stopped recording. And then my camera turned back on and started recording on its own twice. Because it happened, I turned it off, and then it happened again. I have no idea. We went back, we listened to it, we watched it over and over again. Never saw anything, never heard anything. And then this audio recorder, we went back, I listened to it, and there's nothing on it. There's us, but that's it. You can just hear us talking, and there's nothing else. I have no idea why the equipment keeps turning on by itself. I don't know. It's like they almost generate enough power to kind of keep it on or enough energy to make you keep it on. Like they're trying to show you that, hey, we're here. Yeah, something. But then again, I mean, they're if they're starting it, they're not doing anything with it. They're not communicating. They're not getting out doing a jig or nothing in front of the cameras or nothing like that. Like, why did you want us to record? What's going on? Maybe that was their only source of manipulation that would actually show us that they're communicating. Well, I don't like it. They need to pick something else because how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to record them recording? How am I supposed to put that into evidence? (laughs) Camera malfunction. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, but it's a weird one. 
usually you have some stuff that's missing or it didn't record at all or everything's glitchy or something. Not just randomly start recording <laughs> random stuff. But going into the investigation, we pulled that out and that was happening. Then we turned on and started using our ovulus. And we asked if everybody was ready because it was literally the beginning of the investigation. So we asked if everybody was ready. And then the ovulus spit out, okay. Doesn't mean anything. You know, standalone, it's weird, but it's just okay. Then it spit out bribed. Now, when it spit out bribed, that to me, whenever we were there, I started thinking, well, you know, we are here at Springton Tunnel. Jesse James supposedly hid some loot. Maybe he did bribe somebody. Maybe that person he bribed was the witch, Nancy Bass. Then whenever they decided, you know what, maybe we can't trust her. And then they killed her and buried her with it. Yeah. So, with that being said, I said that same thing at the investigation. And when I brought it up, it said doom. And that's the story. Nancy Bass, supposedly, she might have been bribed. But she was doomed. They did kill her. They did bury her with the, their loot to keep it protected. Now, I do want to take a moment and talk about the ovulus. It's known I do not 100% trust an ovulus because it's just a random word generator. It's got its own word bank. But the way that it does work, <clears throat> it works off abnormalities or fluctuations in electromagnetic fields. Now, we were roughly 100 feet underground in the middle of nowhere, so unless the rock inside the tunnel was emitting low amounts of EMF, there shouldn't have been anything around to trigger to make it produce any words. So that, that itself right. is just... A little strange. Like you would think, well, heck, you're a hundred feet underground. You're, what would you say, a quarter mile from the closest power line? Every yeah, every bit of it. Because I mean, you know, you got the house that's pretty far away from us. But yeah, yeah. So with ways away. with those things combined, when you're looking at it, there shouldn't have been any man-made electromagnetic fields out there. So, you know, the lore is that spirits use or emit electromagnetic fields. So now, science, science has not discredited this, but it hasn't proven it either. So we still have to look at it as it's possible that spirits are using EMF or they emit EMF and that that's what caused the ovulus to spit out words. Yeah, and it we was also using this on a device that has no internet or service to it and regardless of which you couldn't get no service where he was anyways. Yeah, we were way too deep underground for service because you tried going, uh, we usually go to TikTok 
live on our investigations, and you tried that, but wasn't able to do it. <clears throat> right. All the way up until we got back towards the entrance. And yeah, when we were sitting in the mouth of the started. tunnel, you could get one bar service. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry about that. My voice is starting to go. So now at one point, I mentioned to everybody that I was going to stop recording on the audio recorder just to listen back to see if we got anything. And the audio from our video camera picks up something that sounds like it says, don't, don't stop recording. And then about 10 seconds after that, it said my name. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. You've got a popular name on spirits. Yeah, and you got to think like, so my first name's David, and that's what it used this time. But everywhere else we go, whenever the spirit starts saying my name and stuff, they always say Jury. Now, Jury is not a very common name. It's not something that you're going to hear pop up on the radio anywhere. Unless there's an advertisement for Jury in. You know, it's it's not something people are going to poke in, pop into a, an ovulus in the word bank. Right. But it seems like, what, three, three investigations now? Like back to back, my name has been brought up. The spirits have said my name. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it might mean something. I did read somewhere where somebody said that you know you made it as a paranormal investigator when the spirits know you by name. Yeah, now you just got to ask the question, should you be scared because they remember your name? I made an impression. I don't know if it's a good impression or a bad impression. But if they know who I am when I arrive, they're like, hey, that's that jury guy. And they're either going, <laughs> nobody talk. Everybody shut up none of you little rat bastards better start talking. Or they're like, ooh, hey, there's that guy. I like him. Let's talk to him. I don't know. I know when we were at uh, Ryder Cemetery, there was mixed emotions there. One of them was like, hey, hey, Drew, she likes you. And then there was another voice that came in and said, get the fuck out. I think it was his girl, or I think yeah. it was boyfriend and girlfriend. There was definitely something there because you can tell the change in the tone of the voice and everything. Yeah, it was like spirit dating. Yeah. I was yeah. I was getting intermingling with spirit dating and he wasn't having it. <laughs> we are not going to wreck their relationship. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, now what is it? It's not death do us part. You're already dead. So now what is it? Reincarnation apart. Like till life do it part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But it was at this moment, a little bit after that, you noticed that uh the atmosphere started kind of changing in the tunnel. It got quieter. Which it was already quiet, so I mean it was weird, but it got even quieter. And then there was like a this Yeah, little... it was very quiet, very dark. Just Kind of felt heavy, really. Yeah, and then there was this eerie feeling that kind of set in. And now Aaron 
Aaron started feeling it as well. And Aaron picks up on it a little bit more than the rest of us. Uh, when we were out at Gates of Hell, when we were standing on the witches' graves in triangle formation, he started getting sick. And then when we were here, he started getting a real bad vibe, like it was time to go. Something didn't want us there. We needed to leave. So we was like, you know what? This is a great time to do solo sessions. Like everybody else just bounce. We're going to leave somebody over here by themselves all alone in the dark. Nobody around for three minutes. And Courtney went first. I don't know. I don't remember how we drew, who went first, who did what, but Courtney went first. And she started hearing things sounded like they were walking towards her. She could hear footsteps walking towards her. And then whenever we were watching and, and listening to the playback, we could hear something talking. Just could not understand what it was saying. And then I had the bright idea, well, let's play it in reverse. And then it comes through clear as day, clean voice, so pretty. Yeah, it was pretty clear after after you did it like that. Because I know when I first heard the audio, I was like, oh, there's a woman's voice there. And I tried so hard listening to it over and over again, playing it in slow motion, everything, just trying to see if I can make out what I'm saying, because it clearly wasn't one of us. We was too far back. Oh, yeah, we were, we were a couple hundred yards away, and we were all standing, huddled together, nobody moving, nobody making a sound. All the flashlights were off. Right, and this clearly sounded as if it was at a closer distance to her than what we were, so... It was yeah. a little eerie after that because, you know, you think of witches being as kids and how they used to call people their pretties and stuff. Just a little odd. Yeah. And now, and we're saying that it sounds closer than what we were. And that was, we're saying that because every one of us done a solo session and every one of us heard the sounds of something like footsteps walking towards us. Now, we are writing it off because we were kind of close to the vent and we're writing it off as just weird noises that were being made from the raindrops falling through the vent and hitting and echoing throughout the tunnel. Yeah, and that could have just been the rain, but I'll tell you what, doing those solo sessions, being out there by yourself in complete darkness, it doesn't matter what is making a sound. If it's coming in the opposite direction of what the rest of the crew was in, it's eerie on its own. Oh, yeah. You're just staring at the dark abyss, not knowing what's lurking back and staring right back at you. So. And then Aaron got up, and Aaron had to do his solo session. And then he was still... We didn't hear anything. We didn't see anything on the playback. But he was still, obviously, he was hearing the uh, footsteps and his bad vibes and everything were still coming through. And we got Aaron. Aaron wants to tell you a little bit about his experience at Sperlins and Tom. Uh, number one, biggest thing about it, it was uh, muddy and wet. 
uh, entrance and exit. Um, there were sounds and things that we saw, or at least that I had experienced, that were, you know, different. Um, at one point, I felt like something was urging me to leave. I don't understand or, you know, can't explain. Maybe something investigation will, in the rest of the footage, will, you know, elaborate on it. But something made me feel that I was somewhere I shouldn't have been, somewhere I needed to get out of. It was a tugging feeling that made me feel uneasy and just chill to the bone besides you know rain the rest of the investigation uh we did real well uh i feel that you know we asked the right questions we got some stuff hopefully recorded and that y'all enjoy what we put out thank you all right thank you aaron so now after we finished our solo sessions, we started making our way back towards the mouth of the tunnel. Um, once we got there, we kind of sat down and took a break. And then Courtney and Aaron decided it was getting late and they needed to go ahead and leave and head back home because they had to get up early the next day. Allie stayed back with us. We got to talking, and then that's when we decided to do something we've never done before. Just something. When people watch it and see what we've done, there's going to be comments, bad comments. They're going to be like, that's stupid. You should never do that. You don't know what you're messing with. I mean, the list can go on and on. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Now, we know what we were doing. We did everything wrong purposefully. We broke all the rules trying to, ha to get a response, trying to find some kind of activity, trying to get it on camera. We knew what we were doing, and we were ready to intervene if something went wrong. But the first thing that we'd done is we broke the rule number one with the Ouija board. Never leave the planchette unattended and alone on the Ouija board. That was a really hard thing to do. I did not like doing that. Still don't like doing that. And I don't advise anybody else to do that, regardless of what your beliefs are on the Ouija board. I wouldn't advise it. That's just my personal opinion. Well, I mean, I'm ready to but do But don't worry, folks. We get stupider, so. Yeah, yeah. like I said, that was the first thing. This thing's got layers. That was just the first thing that we'd done that was stupid. We added to it. <clears throat> so the next thing we'd done, while leaving the planchette alone and unattended on the, on the Ouija board, we pulled out another one of our spirit boxes that has the Satanic Bible read in reverse. Now, we let that play. We was going to see if, that triggered a response. If we got anything on audio, if um, the planchette wanted to start moving on its own, because now that's the lore. 
if you leave a planchette alone on a Ouija board by itself, nobody has their hand or fingers on it, then supposedly another spirit, demonic or otherwise, can start playing with it and moving it around on their own and possibly summon something or conjure something up and wreak havoc. The next thing that we've done, now this gets even stupider, I know. It's hard to believe, but there's a band called The Coven. And they started up in the late 70s. Now, the story behind The Coven is that whenever they signed their contracts with a record label, they did not use a pen. They were so far down into witchcraft and satanic stuff that they brought their own knives to the signing, they cut themselves, and they signed their own contracts in their own blood. And then, to take it a step further, they decided that they were going to release a 13-minute segment on their debut album, and I want to say it was in 1978, of the first ever recorded either audio or written satanic mass ritual. And this was a real recording from one of their actual satanic masses. So, so we decided, hey, you know what? We got the satanic Bible being read backwards. We got the Ouija board and the planchette unattended alone by itself on the Ouija board. Let's also, let's just make it a trio. Let's play this satanic ritual as well. I'm waiting for people to comment on the videos after they watch it. I mean, we did, you know, we was at least nice enough to put warnings out there for people who don't agree with that. But I almost bet we still get some comments, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. There's definitely going to be some, some backlash or something. I guarantee it. Now, I will be honest. This was all going down. And we're sitting in the mouth of the tunnel. And I look out. It's it's dark. You can't really see anything. But somehow, some way, I noticed movement. And I shine my light on it, and I see a pair of eyes staring back at me, hovering about thirty feet in the air. And I'm like, "Oh fuck! We done we done screwed up. We done conjured something. Something's here." I didn't think this would actually work. What were, what were we doing? And then I focused my light beam in on it, and there was a tree that fell down, bridging the gap between the rock face where they cut through the ground, and there was a raccoon sitting on that tree staring at us. He was just watching us be stupid. We was his entertainment. Oh, he peeled out afterwards. He was like, no, this ain't my scene. I got I to go. They're doing some weird shit. You know? I've seen what people like these people do. I've heard those people chant before. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, he's like, I got to go. I mean, he, he, he left. And honestly, guys, nothing happened. Out of all of that, we were conducting our own little mini investigation inside of the investigation because we were at a site where there's supposedly a witch. So 
we were trying all these other little things to try to provoke some kind of response. Didn't get any. What we did get was bats. Bats started flying in and out of the tunnel. Well, we did have a little bit of, you know, EMF flights here and there. Those were kind of neat just because some were more intelligent response. Well, majority of them really were intelligent responses. Because if we asked it to stop, it would stop. If we asked it to do it again, it would do it again. Yeah. But I was I was really hoping. It, to me, we didn't get anything because I was like, we're doing all of this. We're going extreme. We're breaking all the rules. I want to see full body apparition or something, you know. Somebody get possessed and black eyes or something. I want to see some. I want to start smelling sulfur. Like, I want to see full blown evidence. I don't want to catch it on film. Now, we advise, we 100% advise that you do not try any of what we just talked about at home. It did yes, not. Definitely, because it is possible to conjure up stuff. Yeah, we. I mean, we were not successful. Nothing, nothing came up, nothing happened. But we still do not advise you to even try that at your house. Or right. we just wanted to see if we could build nothing. some type of residual energy with everything going on, you know. Yeah. But we really didn't have anything. Nothing came up from that. And then when that was all said and done. Everybody was cold. It was wet. It was raining again, even harder. And we decided we were done. So we packed up everything and we started our long half hour, 45 minute trudge back through all this mud and muck. In the dark, because it was dark then. Yeah. There was low lights nearby. And then I couldn't even use my flashlight. I kept having to shine it backwards so you could see where you were stepping because you were too scared to walk, walk anywhere. That's because I'd done sunk in about three times and thought I was going to like lose my boot along with it whenever I tried to put my foot out. The flashlight I had did not want to see two feet in front of me, let alone into the future like yours did. So, yeah. And then Allie, was Allie was like, she was gone. She had this giant stick. And she was like just using it to like fill her way and see how deep everything was and just take off walking, which reminds me, I completely forgot until I just mentioned it. Whenever uh, Allie, when Allie was doing her solo session and she was hearing those footsteps, what or what she thought was footsteps coming towards her, it got to the point that she got so scared. She actually picked that stick up and then reared it back like, like she was ready to swing at something. Yeah, she was on guard that night, sitting there doing her solo session. Yeah, but she still stuck around, and she'd done all that other stupid stuff with us. She did do that. But, but we made it back. We made our way back through the old iron gate. Nobody got injured that time. And then made it back to the truck without, without a lot of issues. It was just slow walking through all the mud. Now, yes. 
we've talked about going back out there whenever it's drier and doing, you know, more investigations. Maybe the next time we get there, maybe there might be something after the, the dumb stuff we pulled. I sure hope we didn't cause no more. (laughs) (laughs) I just now thought about that. To be honest with you. That's probably the dumbest thing. That's probably the dumbest thing now that I'm thinking about it. I know what we were doing and what we were doing at the time. And it sounded like a good idea. But now thinking back about it, maybe nothing was conjured up right then and there. Maybe it was still building. And now it's there now that we're gone. And if we go back, it'll be there. I don't know. See, I feel like I feel like people can have impacts and open portals, things like that. I completely believe in that. But I don't I don't know. I don't see that being the case. So if we go back and we do it all again. Because we really we really didn't do the actual rituals. We just listened to one that was played. Yeah, we didn't speak them. We just let it play out. <clears throat> So, yeah, and it's not like we had like some type of candle ceremony, and we didn't like set up everything. We didn't like do any of that. We just had it playing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a thin line. It's treading there because really, I mean, if you're going to do a ritual or any kind of magic, and I don't know who I was listening. If there's any people out there that practice witchcraft, um, it's all about the intent. Yeah. So just playing something might not actually do anything at all. But saying the words yourself out loud with the intent behind it, that's where the magic comes from. Right. But do you have anything else in closing you want to talk about? No, not really. Not that I can think of. Okay. Well, again, guys, do not, we do not recommend you try anything that we just talked about. Just leave it here for this content. But now if you are. Yeah. But in closing, just going to give you some of our different media. You already know who we are. We're Paranatural Unveiling. We're on YouTube, our podcast, which you're already listening to, but you can find it on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Facebook's got something new now, so our podcast is now up on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at IPS underscore crew. Our webpage is IPScrew.weebly.com. We're also now on Reddit at Paranatural underscore unv underscore c-o-m-m and if you want to reach out to us if you have any questions you need answered or if you just want to write us a bad comment because you don't agree with what we just previously talked about or you don't like our youtube channel it doesn't matter we still want to hear from you so then you can reach us out or reach out to us on facebook at ips or We have a second Facebook page, Paranatural Unveiling. It's linked to the first one. Or you can get us at our email at ips.crew21 at gmail.com. Till next week, keep searching.